0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. You can probably, we're going to go through a number of verses here so you can follow along with me or you can head over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 if you'd like and maybe just write some of these other things down. Uh I'm I'm gonna talk to you this morning again. We we started a series uh it was three or four weeks ago now. We've just had one uh session uh in this particular topic, and then we came into the holidays, so we've been talking about some different things. But I wanted I want to begin to talk to you again about this idea of not becoming easy prey in your life, not just being a person who's easy prey for the devil to pick off and throw off track and and pull out of uh, what God is wanting to do in your life. And so um, I'm going to go back through some of what we talked about a few weeks ago. And I want to say this again, that this has really been on my heart for a month or so now. As we've been getting together at various times for uh, corporate prayer, group prayer, on Wednesdays and on Sundays, particularly on Wednesday mornings. Um, And then as Karen and I have had different times of praying over you and praying over the church and praying over the coming year, I've had just a really strong sense of anticipation and hope and excitement about 2019. And that has been in the face of... uh, you know, walking through a lot of different things with a lot of different people, whether they're, you know, physical issues, emotional issues, uh, relational issues, you know, all kinds of things. There have been, there are difficulties, there always are in life. But even as we're approaching those things, there has been this deep stirring in my heart about this coming year. And so I mentioned this to you when we started on this topic a few weeks ago, that always ahead of a move of the Spirit of God, there is always this stirring that happens in the Spirit. And we will um, we will be able to sense it. And oftentimes, at least for me, and I, th- I think this is kind of generally true, we experience that as a, an unusual, maybe I can use that word, an unusual sense of, Excitement or anticipation uh, about the future, about something coming, even if we don't know the specifics of it. But if you're a praying person, if you're spending time with God, you'll have this sense on the inside. And then oftentimes we will begin to see evidence uh, of what God is doing. And we've seen several things, several things recently um, where people who had not been at all open to hearing the gospel or or having prayer for healing or or something, something, you know, that we felt impressed to, to relate to them or pray for them. And I say we, I mean we. We've heard this from a number of, of people. Uh, and all of a sudden, those people have been open to that where they weren't before. And I think that's something God is doing. I think that's the leading edge of something that God is doing in our community. And I want us to really be aware of it coming into this year. And so every time that there's, we're on the verge of God opening something new or doing something, increasing something, whenever that's going on, it usually is found first when we're in prayer. And we start to sense this again. It's an unusual anticipation because those of you who've been around here for a while, you know that I don't get up at the beginning of every year and say, oh, 2019 is going to be the greatest year ever. And, you know, the whole world's going to change. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe in just doing that to hype things at all. But I'm telling you, this is what we're sensing. And I, and I hope that you guys are too, So, the whole reason I tell you that again is because along with that, every time this happens along with that, what you'll find is that with that stirring in the spirit, then people will also, some people will also get distracted, pulled aside. Um, Something will come into their life they didn't anticipate and they'll get distracted in a Battle, or they'll get confused or they'll get offended. A lot of times they'll get offended. One way or another, they'll get pulled off track and they will, they will let themselves get pulled out right ahead of often the very victory, the very promise coming into manifestation that they've been praying for. And they'll end up missing that experience because they allowed themselves to fall for a counterfeit or uh, the grass is greener somewhere else or whatever it might be. There are lots of ways it manifests, but we see it every time. We see it every, every, every time. And so a part of this study, you know, a part of this, I think, the reason God's put this on my heart right now, don't become easy prey. Is to try and encourage you to be aware right now. If there are the, if there are things cropping up in your life to try and distract you or pull you off track or or you know pull you out, set you back. Just don't let it happen. Just don't let it happen. Stay focused on the Lord and just realize this is a very common strategy uh, that the devil uses. And so I just I just really encourage you to. Um, Instead, deepen your time in prayer. Deepen your time in the Word. Deepen your time in devotion, in worship, and wherever it is that you connect with God. Go there. Be there. Let Him build you in. Let Him build whatever His vision is, whatever it is He's getting ready to do, let's be on the front of that wave. Let's Let's be where we need to be. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so... We started here, and I'm going to review these verses. This is one of our foundation verses. Uh, Last time we talked about this, Jeremiah 29, 11. Again, extremely um, common verse, familiar verse to many of you, but it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, not for disaster, another translation says, Plans to give you hope and a future, all right? Plans to give you hope and a future. So I was, I was studying out this verse again, and this word, you know, that uh, my, my, I have plans to prosper you. First of all, that word plans, it means thoughts and intentions, well thought out. When it's, it's a picture of when God thinks of you, this is what's on his mind. And it's plans to prosper you, to increase you, to make your life better, essentially, and not to harm you. And that, that term harm literally is a very broad term for evil. Okay, so we could say it this way. Here's what God is not planning for you. All right. And this, this little list I'm going to give you just comes right out of that word harm from the Hebrew language. This is what God is not planning for you. Okay that that word harm it describes all forms of evil. So God's not planning any form of evil for you. It means anything disagreeable. Now that's an interesting one because sometimes what God has planned for us we might fight against it, but that doesn't mean that it in itself is disagreeable. It's it's not harmful for us. It is for our good. It means anything that is unwholesome or harmful. God is not planning anything for you that is unwholesome. It means anything destructive, threatening, or terrifying. Those are not the things God's bringing into your life. Okay, this is what God doesn't have planned for you. Anything that viciously attacks and tears apart your life is not from God. Anything that viciously attacks and tears apart your life. It's in the Hebrew, there's a, you know, it's a picture language. And there's, there's the image there of a lion tearing apart its prey. Okay. God's not planning that for you. He's not planning to dismember you. Okay. If that helps. All right. It's, I, I think this is good news. I'd prefer not to be dismembered. Um, it, it also speaks of depression despondency, hopelessness, heaviness of heart, futility. It speaks of something that is of a low quality, that is wicked, it speaks of calamity, failure, and misery. All of those ideas are tied up in this word evil. And God says, I, my plans for you are for good and not for any of that stuff. All right, so we know God has a tremendous plan for our lives. God's desire is for us to have and experience the best that He has for us. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. And again, that term life, there's the Greek word zoe, which speaks of the quality and quantity of life that God has. It is life as God has it and knows it. That's what Jesus came to give us. And for some of you, this might be, you know, it, it might be if you're raised in any kind of a uh, doctrinal or religious environment that kind of painted God as, you know, big and scary and not real happy with you. And And again, this is not to say that, That we, or our behavior, is perfect, is complete, is fulfilled. This is talking about what God's intention and desire for your life is. And the reason that Jesus came to do what he did, to, to go as our substitute to that cross, and carry our sins so that we could be redeemed and so that we could be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son so that we could be brought into right relationship with God and experience what God fully intended for us in the beginning. And and this is what it is, life and life more abundantly. And he says, This scripture in John 10.10, we know that with all of that, with all of that purpose, with all of that intention that God has for us, we know that there is a thief that wants to steal that life from us. John 10.10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So again that verse we quote it often is is just one of the most important defining verses in the entire Bible for our lives it lays out here's what God wants for me and there's a thief that wants to steal it and so things that come that are evil things that come that all that list that we just read those are not coming from God what's coming from God is this abundant life but here's here's the the kicker in this there is a thief out there that wants to steal what God wants to give you he wants to trip you up he wants to take you down and we're going to be looking in this series at how he does that and we just my my point to you is there are things that we can do positions that we can adopt uh, in our lives that make it much more difficult for the thief to break in and steal in your life. In the same way that you build some security into your home or into your car or whatever, you can make it easier for someone to come in and steal and kill and destroy in your life, or you can make it harder. And the same is true here. And I believe that what the Lord is wanting us to get hold of is, be, don't be easy prey. Don't be somebody that's just easily manipulated, easily picked off, easily deceived, easily maneuvered uh, into, into some position where you can just be stolen from. So we we said these things a couple of weeks ago, and, and you can always get that teaching we went into this in a lot more depth. But uh there are things that we can do that make us an easy target for the devil's strategies, okay? And in general, I still believe that we give the devil far too much credit. In general, he is not on par with God. He is not. He was a created being and now a fallen created being. Nevertheless, he's out there and he does want to steal from your life. And he does want to do it through mainly through deceiving you, for getting you to believe his lies instead of God's word. And he wants to steal this stuff from your life so that you're not living everything that God uh, has designed for you to live. He's not, the devil is not a creator. He is not, God is the creator. All he can do is counterfeit. All he can do is masquerade. All he can do is come to you and oftentimes with counterfeits for what God has, but... They are not what God has they are it's a it's a counterfeit, and sometimes we will go for that. We will embrace something uh, in life and we 'll talk about that as time goes on. but we need to understand he's an accuser he's a liar, and primarily he has no legitimate authority in your life unless you give it to him through believing his lies or adopting some uh behavior or attitude or something like that that is just contrary to the ways of God. Then we can open our lives uh, to him. The scripture, we're not going to get there this morning, but the scripture over in Ephesians chapter 4 talks to us, specifically in context, it's talking about anger, and I think we'll probably talk about that uh, sometime in the next co- couple of weeks. But it, it talks to us about, it says, be angry, but don't sin. Okay, so we need to discuss that. It actually, some of the translations don't read that way, but that's actually what it says. It says, be Angry, which means there are things in life that we should be angry toward. We should be angry toward injustice. We should be angry toward people missing the best that God has for them. We should be angry toward some of those things. But it says, be angry, but don't sin. In other words, and says, don't even let the sun go down on your anger. So, in other words, be angry, but be angry about appropriate things. And even in anger about appropriate things, don't let that anger lodge in your heart and become offense and bitterness that will tear your life apart. We'll, t- we'll get into that, okay? This is not this morning's message. But it goes on to say there that in doing that, if we, if we become offended and bitter, then we give the devil a foothold in our lives. And the terminology there is we give him a foothold, and that verse in Ephesians chapter four—I think it's verse twenty-four—does not exist in a vacuum. There's a whole list ahead of it, of of things, ideas, behaviors, um, attitudes that are contrary to God's nature, through which we can give the devil a foothold. The point being, he doesn't have a foothold unless we. Give it to him. And if you think about it, if you've been around, I was never a climber, but a lot of climber friends. And, you know, a foothold or a handhold allows a climber to climb an unclimbable object. I mean, that's what, without that, they couldn't climb it. They have to be able to get a hold. It's some way to attach yourself and move forward. And the scripture there says, we can give him A foothold, which tells me that he doesn't have the foothold until we give it to him. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so this this whole idea that we're talking about is learn how to not give him footholds. Learn how in our lives to make it really easy for the Spirit of God to move and really hard for the devil to gain any access to our lives because he doesn't have it, he doesn't deserve it, he doesn't have that authority in your life. So here's our primary uh, foundational verse here. It's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. And it says, Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That word seeking is really important. You are not automatically somebody he can devour. If you have that idea in your head, I mean, there's kind of two there there are these two extreme camps in the body of Christ. One says, oh, the devil's just an allegory, he's not a real person. Well, Jesus sure didn't treat the devil or demons that way. So I don't believe that. The other end of the spectrum has built him into this person that we practically have no you know, no uh, authority over, no power against. And the, boy, that just makes me mad. <laughs> that just makes me mad. Because that's that's a way that people allow themselves to be robbed, is by not realizing that in the name of Jesus, you have all authority over all the power of the enemy. It's written, in fact, one of these Sundays, we should just go through all of those verses that talk about the authority that he has and that he has given to us in his name. And listen, people, and we're going to see this in just a second. It is our responsibility. When we see this stuff happening in our society and we want to blame the world for it, It's never mattered nearly as much what the world is doing as it has what the church is doing. And if we are an apathetic, uh, church that's just wandering around, caught up in the things of the world, then we're not doing anybody any good. And we're talking about here John ten ten and how God wants to bless your life. Well, that's true, but through that blessing, He wants to bless the community. There's a there's a the presence of God in the Church of Jesus Christ can completely change the the environment of our community. It always drives me nuts when people come to Gunnison. Christian people, and they come to Gunnison, and maybe they come from the Bible Belt, or they come from someplace, and they figure out that, wow, this is just freaky. Not everybody goes to church every Sunday here, you know. There are, there are people buying marijuana down at the store. I mean, they just go to the store and buy marijuana. There are people doing this. There are people doing that. And they're, And I'm not defending any of that. You get what I'm saying. But they're freaked out by it, and they leave And my message to them, if they talk to me about it, is always, that's why we need you here. That's why we need the body of Christ in this place to be living for God and to be not not fighting with people and what they're doing, but releasing the presence and the blessing of God through your life and your business and your relationships and your association to have you down there laying hands on the sick and you down there reaching people for Christ and you down there in all of this environment. We are supposed to be in the world and not of the world. We are supposed to be reaching the world and bring not just to correct behavior and correct, but to, to bring people into the life that God has for them. This is the church's responsibility. And part of that is resisting the devil. Because he doesn't want to just steal from you. He wants to steal from everybody. He's got a miserable future, and he wants you to have one too. So, anyway, it says seeking someone to devour. He's out there looking for somebody that he can devour. Don't be that person. Don't be the little antelope that gets out by itself when the lions are roaming around. You know, that just every time we watch one of those things, it's like there he is. That one's out there by itself. It's got its head down. It's not paying any attention. All the rest of them are moving over here and it's just out there. And sure enough, wham. Anyway, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith. I love that. Be firm in your faith against his attack. How can I be firm in my faith? Spend time with God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, continually hearing what the Spirit of God is breathing into your life and your heart. Romans 10 19. Faith comes that way. How can I be firm in my faith? I feel weak in my faith. Spend time with God. Seriously. It's you don't work it up. You don't it's not an emotion. It's a it's a I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a spiritual quality that God imparts from himself to you. God has all confidence in his own word and his own ability. How many, how many of you figure God has faith in himself? Nobody? Oh, one, thank you. Two, it's all I need. No, you're too late. God has total confidence in his own word and he will put it into your heart resist him be firm in your faith against his attack rooted established immovable i love those words knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world now remember we said about that where this the scripture when it talks about things like that talks about suffering that we need to experience it's it's never talking about experiencing what Christ already suffered for us, not talking about sickness or disease. He took that to the cross for us. It's not talking about it's talking about persecution. And if you want more on that, you can get our last study on this. But it's talking about persecution. If We're living a godly life. We're going to be resisted in the world. And and so that's going to happen. It's happening all over the world. So it tells us here to be sober. That means don't be impaired in your thinking. Okay, be alert and cautious. It means to have situational awareness in your life. It doesn't mean to be fearful, but it means know what's going on around you in the spiritual realm. It tells us to resist and stand firm in our confidence in God. All right, let's move on. We need to get through a couple more verses this morning. We have a little time left. So I'm going over to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Again, very familiar verses to many of you. Uh, You can follow along or or see it on the screen here. I'm reading this from the NIV this morning. These verses say, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that, notice this, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Take your, your stand. Your stand. Okay, this whole idea that we're supposed to just be passive little believers and just always our our entire prayer uh, is God take this out of my life. God move this. God do this. Um, I hope God shows up. We are to in him and in his might and in his power and in his authority take Our stand. We have a stand. We have a stand for ourselves. We have a stand for our family. We have a stand for people we love. We have a stand for our business. We have a stand for our community. We have a stand for our nation. We have a stand for our world. You can go on and on and on. We have a stand that we need to take. Take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's always a good one to remember but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now then Paul goes through all of the spiritual armor. We're not going to look at that this morning. I want to jump down to verse 16, Ephesians 6, 16. It says, in addition to all this, the take up the shield of faith. All right. So the idea there is in addition to all the armor, everything he's been talking about in the passage, in addition to all of that, you take up, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the uh, subject of this verse? Are you guys listening? You take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the wicked one. All right. So again, this is not praying. You know, I'm I'm going to stand here, and if God wants this thing, if God wants this temptation removed from my life, He'll remove it. If God uh, wants this thing to change in my life, God'll just do it. I'm just passive in the situation. It's it's not that. It's not having something. Um, being stolen from your life and saying, well, I guess it must just be God's will for my life. No, God's will for your life is life and life more abundantly. Okay. It's not his thoughts and plans for you are not any of that list that we read. Okay. And Jesus came so that I could have life and life more abundantly. A thief wants to steal all of that. So I can very easily say, that no, if this thing, if, if this thing is coming in and attacking and stealing and destroying in my life, it is not God's will for my life. It is not just a burden that I'm supposed to carry. I'm not saying you can't grow and develop in the middle of going through something like that. I'm saying it's not God's will for your life. You have every right and, and actually responsibility to stand up and resist it and overcome it. Okay. This is. Or this is uh I hear this sometimes. This is just the way I am. This is just I was just born this way, and this is just the way I am, this is the way my family was, this is how we do it, this is you know, whatever, just an acceptance uh whether it's a sin issue, whether it is, you know, my family has has lived in poverty all of their lives. My family has been, I've got four generations of alcoholics. My family, uh, it's just, you know, divorce has just run rampant through my family. Okay, you're in a new family. That history, do you know that your past doesn't even belong to you anymore? It's been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and replaced with a different future. That past does not have to define your future. And there again, it's one of those things we can just make ourselves such easy prey by just falling into that, just believing that. I saw a thing the other day, There, uh, a certain group, I'm sure it's not everybody, but a group of um, psychologists that are studying this thing now are, are now coming out and saying, well, um, it was a TED Talk that somebody did. Uh, pedophilia is just, people are just born as pedophiles, Nothing you can do to change it. It's just the way they are. Just need to accept them. Baloney, baloney. But is anybody in this room surprised that that's coming out now? The more we, the more we give to different forms of sexual perversion, the more that we're going to see that that all oh, this is just the norm. We just accept it. Baloney. Not going to accept. I'm not going to hate the person that's caught in it either. I'm going to work to get them free from it. I'm going to pray for them and love them and want to get them free from it. But I'm not going to stand here and think that the spirit behind that is is something that is supposed to be around and that we're going to allow to invade our society. I mean, it's, it's just there are all these things going on. Instead, we need to take up the shield of faith and realize we can extinguish the fiery darts of the wicked one. So let me tell you a couple of things. When it uses the term, when the scripture uses the term devil, are you still listening to me? It is the, uh, it is the Greek word diabolos. It's a, it's a compound Greek word, diabolos. It's where, you know, you get the, I think, Spanish word diablo, you know. It's a title. But what it means is dia in the Greek is something that comes, that comes down and through it, it it is something that is in motion and, and comes down and through. There's a force behind that term dia. And bolas means to throw. And so the idea like you would throw a ball or you would throw whatever. And so the idea in that word and in the the terminology that's used to describe the devil is that he is one who who hurls thoughts and ideas at us over and over and over and over. You can picture a little kid standing outside your house with a bunch of rocks and just throwing rock after rock after rock at your window, trying to break that window. Maybe you don't want to picture that. You can come up with some other image if you'd like to. But that's the point. He throws against over and over and over and over and over. He is called the accuser of the brethren. So he often throws accusation at our lives over and over and over and over. And he'll do it to get other people to believe things about you, but primarily I think he does it to get us to believe his lies about who we are in God, or God doesn't love me, I'm not good enough, whatever it might be. And he will throw that thought against your mind over and over, and over. One thing you can say about him is he's very persistent. And and it's one of the only things he has going for him. But he's been doing this a long time with human beings. So he's an accuser and he will throw accusation over, and over, and over. He is a liar and he will throw lies over, and over, and over. And listen, get this. And this is part of not making ourselves such easy prey. Have you ever noticed oftentimes these things Thoughts will come right behind something that happens physically or in the natural. And have you ever noticed something something like this? You'll have you wake up and you'll have a pain in your pain in your shoulder, pain in your left soul, shoulder, and then the thought comes that oh, left arm. Wonder if there's something wrong with my heart. Okay, and then you and then you go out and you turn on the TV and they're talking about fifteen. 15 Latest Reasons for Heart Attacks. And, you know, everywhere you turn, you're hearing this thought again and again and again and again about some physical issue. You, you have wake up with a headache and immediately brain tumor comes to your mind. This is before you have coffee in the morning. Well, I'm serious. I mean, how many of you have had this happen? Or you'll have uh, somebody will walk past you and not acknowledge you and immediately you you this this thought comes that they don't like me or they don't uh you know they didn't acknowledge me I wonder what's wrong I wonder what's happening you know your your wife uh gets home late a couple of times and and she's acting a little different and and then when you turn on uh the television you're 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 just seeing everything about divorce and adultery and you know all this uh, all this stuff coming in instead of you thinking she was probably trying and spending time getting the christmas present that i wanted for my life and having to go to all kinds of trouble and having to have it shipped to a friend's house so that I wouldn't find out about having to pay for it with somebody else's credit card that she stole at city market. No. <laughs> Go through all this trouble and, and, and move, you know, get us away from there just as the FedEx truck is coming to that person's house. And all this, instead of thinking that, my wife is out there trying to be a sneaky blessing to me. Instead, you're getting hit with these thoughts over and over. I wonder what she's doing. I wonder who she's with. I wonder what's going on. Or I wonder if she's been in an accident. I wonder if a bear got her, you know? And, and you, but these thoughts come, and if you think about it in your life, so often there will be a little, and I see it especially with physical pain, little tiny physical pain, and a thought will come right behind it. And if you swallow that thought that thing can become a reality in you. If you start to think about that and meditate on that, and so what do we need to do? It says we need to take up, that word means to lift up into position. We need to take up the shield of faith. And, and again, the idea with that is, what, how do I do that? How do I, how do I lift up? the shield of faith. I need to stimulate the faith in my heart by spending time with God. And then when it comes to one of those situations, I need to actually, on purpose, in my mind, and maybe with my words, I need to think about, I need to elevate what God has said that I will have confidence in and allow that thought to be, it says, extinguished. It's the idea of a fiery arrow coming in and being extinguished against your shield, all of its power. It can't then, a fiery arrow is shot in order to start a fire that will then spread, right? And so this thought comes, and it may be just small in the beginning, but it wants to enter into your heart and into your thinking and then build as you begin to think on it and meditate on it and begin to allow it to get bigger and allow the imaginations and the movies to begin to run in your in your life. And that thing will actually produce itself if you do that. And instead, if we will take the word of God that we are confident in and the confidence we have in it and raise it up, And stop that thing. And so the idea is we don't want to allow thoughts to lodge in our hearts that do not line up with God's thoughts toward us. We don't want to allow thoughts to lodge in our hearts that don't line up with God's thoughts toward us. I don't care if that thought is a temptation toward sin or if it's just a negative about your future or about somebody else or an offense or whatever it is. If it doesn't, if it's harmful, if it disqualifies you if it if it denies what God has said, don't let it lodge in your heart, and that's up to you. You take up the shield of faith and and quench those thoughts. It says that we should uh it talks about the devil's schemes here, and the idea there is that word schemes is it is the same word where we get the word schematic. The idea is that he is working out, he is following and working specific strategies against our life. He's following an orderly, technical procedure to try and insert his lies, his accusations into your life. And we don't have to let it happen. We just simply don't have to let it happen. It calls him our adversary there, which means it's a person who's an accuser. In a court of law, it's a person who stands up and makes accusation against you. And again, a lot of times it's into your own heart about you to make you feel less than what God has said you are, okay? It's an adversary in a court of law. Um, So if you, and I'll just leave you with this, what we want to do is we want to become firm and immovable in our faith and the primary primary road there is spending time with God and you just have to make you have to make time for your devotional life and i think the best time for that's first thing in the morning as much as some of you hate that you know the scripture says it over and over and over it's at the beginning of our day that it's best to set our course by spending time in the word spending a little time in prayer it doesn't have don't make it so hard that you can't do it consistently it doesn't have to be that hard just spend some time in the word spend some time worshiping talk to god and get quiet and listen and see what you hear but also listen to the word listen to good teaching. Listen to podcasts. Listen to things. Listen to the Bible itself. Let it play. When you're, when you're driving in your car, let the word play. You know, people say, I don't have time for this. I don't, have, I don't have a space. Just do it when you're at the gym. Do it when you're driving. I don't care if it's only 10 minutes. Do it every day. 10 minutes over a year makes a big difference, we have to be, it's partly dedication, and it's partly just the input, and we've got to make time for it. I really believe it's something the church is kind of getting real slack in these days is spending that devotional time with God and hearing the word. Hearing the word is so important. But then as these things come about in your life, it's not enough to just resist a thought that you know is not from God, you have to also, you want to resist it, you want to deny it access, but then you need to replace that thought with what God has said. And that's so important. You can't just try and have a a blank mind. You can't just try and if you're struggling with, with thoughts about yourself, about your future, about what God has for you, about whatever, if you're struggling, temptation towards sin, you can't just resist that thought. That's the first step. But you have to replace it. You have to put something else in its place. And what you put in its place needs to be what God has said. And again, that means you're going to have to spend time in the word. You don't have to do this on your own. God has given you the Holy Spirit to bring up the the scriptures and the ideas and the truths that you need in the moment at the time. He accompanies you through life. He is your daily counselor and coach. He is the one that can tell you exactly what you need to be strong in today. And he will do it. I'm telling you, he will do it before the flaming arrow comes in. He will, if he's just listen to what he's saying, because he will build you up in an area And then you'll figure out in about three weeks, something will happen in your life. And you realize, man, God has already fortified me for this issue. If you're paying attention, I'm trying to quit. If you're paying attention, you will probably notice that over the last, it can be six months, it can be a year the things that God has emphasized, that's why journaling a little bit is so good, the things that God has spoken to you, has emphasized to you, the teachings he's brought into your life, they will be there ahead of the need and they will fortify you ahead of the need if we're paying attention. But so often we just live from crisis to crisis to crisis and so we're caught up in today's crisis and so God, I I need a word today and I think half the time he's saying, I just taught you that. Last August, remember, we talked about that, but we're too caught up just crisis to crisis to crisis, not how we're supposed to live. I don't know if this made any sense today, but I hope so. Let's stand up and pray. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, this morning, as always, Lord, I want to thank you for your words and for the things, Father, that you in all of this that we just went through. Father, I know that there are specific parts, words, phrases, Lord, that you brought out to each of us as individuals and you highlighted them by your spirit. And we choose right now to take hold of those things, to not allow them to slip away, to take hold of them, to think on them, to meditate on them, Lord, and to allow those words to go deep into our hearts and put down roots and begin to bear fruit. And so, Father, we, we trust you, Lord, Lord, to lead us and guide us in this. We don't want to be easy prey for the devil. For our sake and for the sake of everybody around us. Father, we want to be those that rise up and stand strong in you. And we want to see those, Father, that see revival in our day, in our uh, generation and in our community, Father God. We believe, Lord, there really is, because you said it, there really is no end to the expansion of your kingdom, Lord. And so we thank you that in our midst and in this community and in the world in which we live, Lord, that the, uh, the, the, the kingdom of Jesus Christ just continues to grow and expand and expand and expand. And I thank you for that this morning, Lord. And I pray that as we go out this week, we ask you to open opportunities before us to share you, to share your word and your love with people, Father, to be generous, to represent you, Father God, and to just let everything that you're doing in us overflow into the lives of other people. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to say this on the count of three. We're going to say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin in the world. We're going to be dismissed. There's a lot of good stuff out there that you guys need to polish off and get out of here. It's all good stuff that some of it was. Anyway, we brought a lot of treats last week, so there's still stuff here. But it's not old. It's fresh. It's good. Anyway, polish off some bad stuff to eat and uh, love on each other and then go out and be the church this week. All right, one, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.